0: Good afternoon, uh, my name is Paul, I'm one of the campus pastors here at New Philly, Sydney. I'm very excited to uh, share the word of God with you this afternoon. Uh, you got to excuse me, my voice <coughs> is not uh, in its normal uh, state. Uh, I've been a little bit sick and it seems like there's a little cough and sore throat going around, especially in our apartment uh, But, um, yeah, so you'll have to excuse me. But that's not going to stop me from preaching the Word of God to you. So I know you guys are excited. Uh, Can we turn to uh, the book of John, chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. That's John, chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. So, by the way, if, if you don't know, uh, the scripture reading that we do before the congregational prayer is uh, it's, it's just to go through different parts of scripture together uh, because we feel that that's also an important thing. And if you're wondering, that passage we just read, Second Thessalonians, is pretty intense. Uh, but usually, the, a lot of times, the, the scripture reading that we do is, is not, uh, it's not what the sermon is going to be about. And so, uh, John chapter 8, let's look at this uh, for today's sermon. The sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is God's Word. All right. Uh, if you could just bow your heads one more time. I need to pray uh, for myself uh, and for our time in the Word. Uh, Father God, thank you again that we can gather together and that we can hear from you out of your Word. I pray that you would help me to speak. Uh, yeah, help me with my voice, God. Help me to speak clearly. Uh, but also with boldness and conviction and in the power of the Holy Spirit. God and Lord, I pray that through this message that you would uh, just just bring hope, God, that you would bring freedom, uh, and that you would just release more of your grace upon everyone who's here because of the time that we spent. So God, I pray your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> We're going through a sermon series on the core values of New Philly right, so yeah uh, surprise, surprise, there are there are nine core values of New Philly, and these core values are the things that make us New philly, okay, so without these core values, we would not be new philly uh so may, uh so maybe you've been coming out to this church and you've been sensing that, hey, this church is a little bit different than other churches that I've been to, okay, uh, a lot of that is because. Our DNA, our, our core values, this is what we're about. This is the kind of church that God has called us to be. And so if you've been coming out, you've been checking out New Philly, and you're like, oh, oh this seems pretty interesting. You know, this, you know, I wonder what this church is about. Then this is a sermon series for you, right? You, you're going to find out what are, the, what are the core things. Okay, right now, New Philly Sydney is the fourth campus of New Philly. There's three others in Korea. We're the fourth campus. And uh, each of the campuses, they have their own unique distinctives. There's something unique about each campus. It's got its own flavor. Okay? It's got its own you know, personality, style. But there's a commonality with each campus, and that's uh, the core values that we're going to look at. All right, so uh, you know, we're looking at the second one today. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the core value. The first one, do you guys remember what it was? Be extravagant. Right, it was be extravagant. In worship, and I gave a spontaneous sermon, but it, it was born of the spirit. And uh, about how we here at New Philly, we are not a lukewarm church. Okay, we're not just plain church. We are extravagant. We are wastefully extravagant in our worship unto the Lord. All right, and and that's a con- and without that, we are not New Philly. But we're gonna look at the second core value today. Uh, the second core value is freedom is for everybody. everyone, everyone, <laughs> freedom is for everyone, alright, everybody say freedom, freedom. alright, everybody shout it out, freedom! freedom, I'm about to go into Braveheart right now, All right, just one chance, okay, I'm not going to do it, but um, yeah, my voice, I got I to gotta say my voice so I can last the whole sermon. But uh, that's our second core value. Uh, Just real quick, just to kind of give you an overview of our nine core values. uh, Let's go through through it together. Number one, be extravagant in worship. If you know it, say it with me. Number two, freedom is for everyone. Number three, father the fatherless. Number four, faithful with the small things. Number five, the anointing flows from the top down. Number six, roll with the punches. Number seven, Supernatural is natural. Number eight, contend for the kingdom. And finally, number nine, dream big. Okay, so those are the nine core values. That's what makes us New Philly. So we're going to spend a couple months in this series. And uh, these are the things that we want to see established here at the New Philly Sydney campus. And today we're going to talk about freedom is for everyone. Freedom is is a glorious thing, right, freedom is an amazing thing, that's why we have so many movies talking about freedom, one of my favorite movies, actually, it's, it's probably my favorite movie of all time, Shawshank Redemption, anybody see that, right, that movie's amazing, okay, But if you haven't watched it, you got to go watch it. That that movie is amazing. I cry every time I watch that movie. But um, So in that movie, we have a guy, Andy Dufresne, the main character, and he gets wrongly convicted of murder, and he is put into prison, which will probably turn out to be for life. And he's in there for many years, and he's wrongly been in prison, and he's living this life in shackles, in prison, not living the, the free life that he should be living. Right, and he's in there for decades and for years. And finally, because he's really smart, he finds this ingenious way of escape. Right? He like, digs, a tu- uh, digs a tunnel through the wall, and then he crawls through miles of just turd. You know, it's just nasty turd, okay, just, uh, just through the pipes. And it's nasty, and he crawls through just a really, really long stretch uh, uh, through, the, through that pipe. And then finally, in the climactic scene of that movie, he comes out, right? He's outside the prison. Okay, you can see the prison in the background. And it's like raining. Of course it's raining, right? And there's thunderstorm and there's lightning. It's so dramatic. And then he takes off his clothes. He takes off his shirt. And he's just basking in his freedom. And it's so glorious, right? If you know, what, if you know what that scene, man, that scene is one of the most glorious scenes in all of cinema. It's, it's amazing, Right? And every time I see that scene, I'm just like, oh, man. you know, that's freedom, right? It's powerful. Freedom is a powerful thing, right? Just like Andy Dufresne, we were not meant to live in prison. We were not meant to live in shackles, in chains, but we were meant to live in freedom. How many of you guys know that? That we were meant to live in freedom. You know, freedom is so powerful that even a movie like Free Willy can touch us. All right, it's, it's, about, it's about a whale. Okay, it's about a whale that you know, gets captured to be in this little sea aquarium thing. Okay? And you know, the, the whale's like, it's a killer whale, but it's cute. Okay, it develops this relationship with this little boy named Jesse. But Jesse, you know, he comes up with this plan. He's like, hey, come on. Let's, Randolph, let's Free Willy. Right, and then, and then the music starts playing, and you start getting all excited. It's like, yeah, let's free Willie. And then they get the van, and then I, I don't remember all the stuff that happens. But you, you guys know the climactic scene when at the end, like, the whale jumps over those rocks, and then Jesse's like, yeah. And then the water's, like, just dripping over his face, and just like, and you're just cheering, because Willie's free. You know, yeah, it's powerful even when a whale gets set free, right? That's how powerful freedom is. Man. And even even whales, you know, they're not meant to live in in prison, but they're meant to live in freedom. We are meant, we are created by God to live in freedom. Freedom is a glorious and a powerful thing. You know, some of the greatest men in history are people, men and women, are people who fought for freedom. For entire people groups who were in slavery, who were in bondage. We have people like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., just amazing people who fought for freedom, and now history will remember them forever. But you see, there's a tragedy. There is a sad tragedy in the state of the church today. Because if you look at many churches, if you go to many churches, you see that, Many of the people going to church are not living in freedom. They're living in slavery. They're living in bondage. They're living in sin. They're living in fear. They're living in depression. They're living with addictions. They're they're just, they're just not living a free life. They're not living in freedom as a Christian. And let me ask you, is that? Is that what God has called his people? Is that how God has called his people to live? Did God send Jesus, his precious son, to die on a cross? So that we can, you know, his saved people can walk about in bondage and in slavery. That's a tragedy. He sent Jesus, the son of God. And yet, the devil and the world has been beating us up so many different ways. And Christians don't know what it's like to live in freedom. And so, New Philly, as a church, if you know our, our vision statement, is to raise up an army of mighty warriors. Okay, To raise up an army of mighty warriors. That's a unique Vision statement for a church. That sounds like a military or something, right? You know, most churches are like to glorify God by loving each other, and uh, I'm not, I'm not hating on other, you know, churches. Yeah, that's that's good, that's good. Uh, I'm just saying, what's what's distinct about New Philly is, you know, we 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 are not wanting to see just another church where people are living defeated, where people are living in slavery where people are living in bondage, but we want to see people living in freedom. We want to see a mighty army of mighty warriors who know their God and know who they are in God and know their identity and know how to walk that out in joy and in victory. That's what we are called, that's what God has called New Philly to be. To be a church of people who are free. Freedom is for everyone. You see, in this passage, right, John chapter eight, okay, we have uh, some people coming to Jesus, and Jesus says, you know, if you if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples, and the truth will set you free. And they say, uh, we're already free. Are you calling us slaves? I'm, we're, not, we're not slaves. I'm not a slave to anything. I'm already free. What are you talking about, Jesus? And <clears throat> you see, a lot of us think that we actually are free when many of us are actually living in slavery. Right? We, we live in a generation that so prizes freedom. Freedom is like the most prized and beloved value by which our generation lives. Okay, you can do anything, but don't take away my freedom to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. You know, it's just, it's just that's, that's, you know, you, you, that's my freedom, man. I'll, I'll do what I want to do. You know, don't, don't tell me what to do. Right? We, we prize our freedom, and we think we're free because we can do what we want. But actually, the Bible says that, no, you're not free. If Jesus has not set you free, then you are not free. That's a pretty strong statement. What What does that mean? See, most many of us we think we're free. We think we're not. We're not enslaved. How, what are you talking about? Set me free? I'm already free. I'm not a slave. But you know, Bob Dylan was right. You guys know Bob Dylan, Minnesota. Okay, I didn't know that, but he had this song. Called "You Gotta Serve Somebody." You got, you guys know that song, right? You, you it doesn't matter who you are. Okay, I got, I got, I got a sore throat today, so I'm not gonna sing it. But see, basically in the song, he said, "It doesn't matter who you are. You might be a king, you might be sleeping on the street, you might be whoever. It doesn't matter who you are. You gotta serve somebody. You, you are not free. You are serving someone or something. You are a slave to something." Right? For example. If you live for your reputation, then you are a slave to what other people think. You are controlled by what other people think. You think you're free, but you're actually a slave. If you live for achievement and how much you can achieve out of your life, then you are slave. You're probably a workaholic. You probably work too hard. That's probably dominating your thinking and dominating your life a little bit too much. You are a slave to your work and to your career and to your achievement. You know, it might be, maybe it's, uh, you think you're free, but maybe you are living for romance or sexual attraction. Right? It, it might be uh, one of, you know, many, many dozens of things. You know, many of us think we're free, but the Bible says no one is free. Everyone has to worship and serve someone or something. The question is not, are you free or are you slave? The question is, what are you a slave to? What is it that you are serving? See, the way we were created, every heart, ha- you, you have to live for something. And what is it that you are living for? What is it that's giving you meaning in your life? Whatever that is, you're a slave to that because you're serving that. You know, and, and also many many Christians, you know, they they profess to know Jesus Christ and all that he's done. And yet there's also many Christians out in the world today who, in the churches, who are slaves to their passions and their pleasures. All right, that's what the Bible talks about in Titus chapter 3. Apostle Paul says, we were once, all of us, even Christians, we were all once slaves to various passions and pleasures. That means the deceitful desires of our heart, we are slaves to the desires of our heart. And that that leads to addictions, that leads to depression, that leads to bondage and darkness. We don't control ourselves, our passions control us. We're slaves, it takes us wherever we want to go. And so whether you're a Christian or not, many of us here are actually living in slavery. That's a pretty pretty serious thing. We want to be free, but we're actually not. Freedom is a good thing. God has called us to live in freedom. But what Jesus says here, he says, verse 35, no, sorry, verse 34. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Who is the only one that can set you free? Indeed. See, we think, we think we're free. Or we think a lot of things can set us free. But Jesus says, there's only one person that can set you free. And you will be free indeed. You will be truly free. That is the son that is a son of God. His name is Jesus. And he loves you. And he gave his life for you on the cross. He lost his life. He lost his freedom so that we could have our freedom. So that you could be free. Right? So Jesus is actually the only one that can give us that freedom that we're looking for. This is, this is freedom Indeed. So we're no longer slaves to our careers. We're no longer slaves to what other people think. We're no longer slaves to the passions and the pleasures of our hearts. But we can be free to serve and love Jesus. And if you, if you, know, any, if you know anyone that's been set free to love Jesus and serve Jesus, you, you, know, you might be thinking, well, that person's not free. Then, then they are slaves to God. God tells them what to do. God is their master. How, how is, you know, if God is your master, then how are you free? Yeah, like I said, you, everybody has to serve someone. Like Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. Right? You got to serve somebody. But the question is, who are you serving? See, the only true freedom comes when you serve the Lord Jesus Christ as your true master. Because when you serve the Lord, he sets your heart free. Your heart is set free from all the chains and all the bondages that you have been living in in the past. You know, maybe some of you here, you are living in slavery to materialism and money. Right? And you got to have this and you got to have that and, and you're always thinking about you know getting this and you struggle with envy and, and people who have more than you. Or maybe it's you're struggling with sexual sins, right, and with lust, and with pornography, and you're enslaved to the passions and pleasures of your heart. Or maybe you're enslaved to, you know, debauchery, right, and, and, and going out and partying and certain kind of activities. You know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay, no matter what it is, Jesus says, I'm the one who can set you free. Whom the Son sets free, It's free indeed. I have come that you might not live a life in bondage and in slavery, but that you might live and walk in freedom. See, God wants to see his church. God wants to see his people rising up in this generation to be a mighty army who know how to walk in freedom. And that's what we want to see here. That's the burden that God has placed upon us as a church here at New Philly. So we're going to see three things about freedom. But first thing we're going to see is that freedom is for you. Freedom is for you. If you've come in here on this Sunday, you've been, you come in here and you're struggling with certain things, and you feel like, oh, there's no way that I can change. I've been struggling with that for too long. You know, I've tried so many different things. I've tried so hard, but I can't change. It's it's always going to be with me. I'm always going to be that way. If you've come in here thinking like that, there's good news for you. Is that freedom is for you. Freedom is not just for your neighbor. Freedom is not just for the leaders. Freedom is for you. God wants to set you free. Right and Man, it's it's powerful. We we've seen so many people set free here at New Philly. So many lives. If you like, I, I don't want to share anyone's anyone's testimony, personal story up here because I didn't ask nobody. Right? But man, you know, even some of the things that I used to struggle with, right? I used to struggle with a lot of things. Okay, and you know, I, I don't you know, like I Yeah. <laughs> know before before i met jesus right i was i was enslaved to just just so many things in my life right like i remember when i resolved to live for jesus the devil just came attacking me like crazy right i started to have nightmares every single day every night i would go to sleep i would have demonic nightmares you may be thinking what the demons What what are you no yeah i I had demonic nightmares. I even saw a demon right here in front of my face. And that demon was like, I got you, boy. You know, He wasn't saying that, but that, that was a vibe he was giving off. Right? He was like, I got you. Right, you're mine. He right, was just basically saying, you're my slave. Because why? Because I was struggling with so many different things in my life. But God had a bigger plan for my life than just to walk and live in bondage, and in slavery for the rest of my life. He had a vision for me to walk as a free man. And so the Lord, he set me free. The Lord set me free. And I stand before, to, before you today, and I can say, I, I live in freedom. I walk in freedom. Doesn't mean I don't, I don't ever struggle with sin or temptation. Right? But I walk In victory. And that is the destiny for every single person who's here today. You, You are called to walk in freedom. That is God's heart and desire for you. And you can live in freedom. But you see, the thing is, the moment that we resolve to live for Jesus, things get pretty tough. If you expected an easy ride as a Christian, here's your... Wake up call. Okay, because there's a lot of forces that are out against you. First, we have our own sinful nature, even in our own hearts, right, that that drag us down and bring us back. But we also have the temptations in the world, and we have a world filled with devils that are trying to come after us. And so many of us think, oh, I can resolve to live for Christ by myself. You know, I can handle it on my own. If I just make a really strong resolve and I try really hard, I'm going to walk in freedom starting today. But the reality is, that's pretty foolish. Think about it. If you saw a general, two armies going up against each other, and one of the generals was sending out his troops one by one to face the army one by one, you would go to that general and you would be like, you are dumb. You're a stupid general. What are you doing? What are you sending out your troops one by one for? Send them out together. Right? Send them out together as an army. You know, have a strategy. And so many of us try to be lone ranger Christian. We think we can handle it on our own. Right? We, maybe we're living in guilt and shame. And we don't open up to anyone. We don't let anyone into our lives. We don't involve ourselves in community and relationships with other people in the church. And you wonder why you're not living in victory. You're not living in freedom. See, even after, you know, you can get set free, but you got to continue to fight for your freedom. And you got to fight to do that in community, in discipleship, in accountability. Right? That means being involved, going out to community groups, letting other people into your life, opening up your life to people, opening up your heart to, to, to other people, Allowing them to say hard things as well as encouraging things. Hebrews 3 says, speak and exhort one another every day. Encourage each other every day as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's how deceitful sin is. That we need encouragement every single day from other people. Obviously, we're not, we're not going to meet every single day, right? But if that's possible, you know, I encourage you. That's great. But, you know, we, we, we live busy lives. But at least a couple times a week, right, when we gather together on Sunday and another time during the week, we need to encourage each other and call one another. Hey, remember who you are. Remember your identity and who you're living for. And encourage one another out of, you know, out of the things that we're struggling with. So we here at New Philly, we have, we have a ministry called Healing and Deliverance, H&D, right? Where we work through a lot of different issues, a lot of different uh, things that people have gone through in the past, that people are struggling with, a lot of different uh, traumas and sins and things like that, and we work with people and we lead them through a process of healing and deliverance. In short, we call it H&D, where we learn to confess, where we learn to get healing from Jesus and through his spirit. But then even after that, we continue to walk that out as a church, as a community together, not as individuals, not as Lone Ranger Christians. We need discipleship and accountability as well. But the good news is, hey, freedom is for you. When Jesus died on the cross, He died so that you could be free. You know, I saw a movie recently, Twelve Years a Slave. Anybody seen that? Uh, it's a pretty intense movie, right? It's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> not as good as Shawshank, but it's pretty good. Okay, so it's about this. It's about this free man, a free black man, uh, back in the 1800s, before. Um, Anyways, uh, and his name is Solomon Northup, right? And he's a free man. He has his free papers. But then what these white men did is they, they tricked him. They, like, poisoned him. And then they took him as a slave and they sold him off. And Solomon Northup is like, you can't do that. I'm free. I have my papers. And they're like, show me your papers. Because they stole his papers. Right? They're like, show me your paper. You're not free. You, you belong to me. You're a slave, and I'm going to sell you. And they sold him, and for 12 years, he's living in slavery and living in just terrible conditions. But you see, all he needed was to produce his papers, and he will be set free. So after 12 years, he found a way for uh, for one of his uh, white friends from the north to come down and to bring his papers. And that man came, and he said, let that man go. That man is a free man. So Solomon Northam, you know, he goes and hugs him. He's like, thank you. And then the slave owner's like, that's my slave. He's my property. You can't take him. And then the the other guy was like, I got his papers right here. Take it to court if you want. But his papers are right here. He's a free man. You see, a lot of times we, we let ourselves be bullied by the devil. We let the devil beat us up, kick us in the head. You know, kick us while we're down. But we don't know. We've forgotten that we are free. Yeah. We've forgotten the power of the cross. And the power of what Jesus has done for us. That he has set us free. And we can walk in that freedom. If you know what Jesus has done. And you know what he has given you. The Holy Spirit. Then man, you, you know those freedom papers. It's right in your pocket. But you forgot it was there. You just got to take that out, show it to the devil, and refuse to live like a slave any longer. Yeah. You know, I know, I'm sure many of you, you want to live in freedom. You don't want to live in slavery. And freedom is for you. But you see, the thing about freedom is, freedom is not free. There's a there's a war memorial for the Korean War veterans in Washington DC in America. And on one of the walls it says freedom is not free. Why? Because it cost look at how many how many lives it cost. All these veterans that had to fight for freedom. Freedom is not free. And our spiritual freedom also it's not free. It cost one person's life. But it was a very important person. His name was Jesus. But if you know, man, Jesus died in my place. Jesus took every curse in my place. So that I can walk and live without any change, chains. Chains. You know, freedom is not free. It cost Jesus his life. So if you know what Jesus has done, man, you'll, you'll, you'll live in freedom. And you'll walk in that freedom. So the first thing is freedom is for you. But second, we see freedom is for your neighbor. See, freedom is not just for your neighbor. It's for you. But freedom is not just for you. It's for your neighbor. So basically, if, if God sets you free and you are living a life in Christian freedom, then God also wants you to set other people free. It's not just the pastors or the leaders who can set other people free. If you yourself are living in freedom, if you've been healed and delivered, and you are walking in health and in victory and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit then he calls you to set other people free as well. See, Isaiah 61, which is what our vision statement is based on, it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach goodness to the poor, but then at the end it says to proclaim freedom for the captives. God's anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we can set the captives free. Right? And so, one of the vision, one of the things we want to see at this church, is not only the pastors, not only the leaders, helping others to get set free from the things that they're struggling with, whether it be sin, whether it be darkness, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, whatever it is. But just regular, regular members who are walking out their own freedom, and then they begin to learn to set other free, others free as well. Every healthy person, every healthy Christian, every anointed, spirit-filled Christian who walks in freedom is also called to set others free. And we see that at some of the other campuses of New Philly. And you know, we're still in the beginning stages here at this church. But as we grow and as you grow, God wants you to be a mighty warrior yourself. Whether it's in your CG, in your community group, whether it's in your family or with your friends, whether it's on mission in the streets or in some, you know, international faraway country, wherever it is. You don't just got to be a leader in this church. But if you're walking in health and in victory and in the anointing of the Spirit, God has called you to set others free. Amen? Amen? And God can do that. You know, maybe some of you might be thinking, oh, but who am I? You know, who am I? I you know, I, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not able to do such a thing. Hey, hey, the cool thing about New Philly, man, we see so many people who, when they come in, they walk in as wimps. And they walk in as slaves. And they're struggling. But then, man, their lives are so transformed. And their lives are so turned around. And they start to find out who their God is, and they start to discover their own identity in God so that they are able to help and minister to others. And that's the vision that we have as a house and as a church. It's not just, hey, the the preachers and the pastors up here who do the ministry, it's the members. It's every single person is part of this army, it's an army of mighty warriors. And that's what we want to see, that you yourself will become, if not already, a mighty warrior who sets the captives free, who knows how to minister to people who are struggling with depression, who knows how to minister to people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts, who knows how to minister to people who are struggling with different addictions. You know how to minister. And the anointing of the Spirit is upon you. And you can speak and minister with authority. That's why we emphasize so much at this church, raising up leadership. And we're going to have a leadership training coming up in a couple months, uh, at the, in the middle of July. But man, we, we, we want to see people being raised up to become mighty warriors. So freedom is not just for you, but freedom is also for your neighbor, through you. There are people God has called you to reach that he can't reach through anybody else. All right, so we saw freedom. Number one, freedom is for you. Number two, freedom is for your neighbor. But number three, freedom is for all who are created in God's image. Okay, freedom is not only for Christians. It's not only for people in the four walls of the church, but it's for all who are created in God's image. And you know, the Bible says that every human being is created in the image of God. Right? See, this is one of the unique things about Christianity. Why is this important? Image of God. This is important in our culture today because you know we live we live in a culture that doesn't really believe in God. But the culture also believes that human lives are valuable and important. But you see, if you lose the idea, the concept of the image of God, that every single human being has the image of God in them, that they are the image of God, then you can't argue for why humans are any different from animals. See, the Bible teaches humans, people, people, are more important, more significant than just animals because we are the image of God. We have value, we have worth, we have dignity because we're created in the image of God. So you can say to someone who's struggling with depression, hey, you have value, you have worth because you are creating God's image. That's what the Bible teaches. But if you lose that teaching on the image of God, then what do you base people's significance and worth on? You know what's happening right now in the culture? This is what people are trying to do, right? They're trying to value human life. And people talk about human rights. But if you don't believe in God, then there's no basis for human rights. Do you know that? Yeah, there's, a, there's a philosopher. His name was G.K. Chesterton. He said this. The secular person goes first to a political meeting where he complains the natives are being treated as if they were beasts. Then he goes to a scientific meeting where he proves that all human beings actually are beasts. Like a person without God complains, hey, you're treating people like animals. But then he goes to a science, you know, scientific meeting and he's like, well, people are actually just like animals. So how can you talk about human rights? How can you talk about the dignity of a, of a person and a human? See, where did this idea of the value of a human life come from? It came from the Bible. Or you might say, oh, no, that came from Western thought. Well, you know, where, you know, where did Western thought come from? If you go back a couple thousand years, it came from the Greeks. But look at the Greek philosophers. They didn't believe in the value of human life. Aristotle said some races are inferior to others, depending on how emotional they were. Because, you know, the civilized Greek people are not emotional, they're very intellectual, right? So he, he looked down on other races. He didn't look at, you know, people were valuable according to certain standards. They weren't valuable just for who they were as human beings. So, where did this idea of human worth come from? It came from the Bible. It came from Christianity. You know, this has been this has been really, really well argued, even among scholars. Okay, you can go read about it if you want. But or you can just listen to the sermon and just trust me, right? But this idea, human worth, it came from the Bible. And every one of us here, you guys know that humans have dignity. And humans have worth, right? And we live in a very socially conscious generation. We care about the poor. We care about the oppressed. We care about people who are not being treated fairly. Why? Because humans have worth just in and of who they are as people. It's not because how smart they are, not because how good-looking they are, not because how talented they are, not because they're so civilized. It doesn't matter who you are. Just because you are a you are created in the image of god and therefore you have worth and you have value and so christians are the only ones who can fight and argue for human rights with intellectual integrity you know the conversation out there people are you know some some people are saying well you know humans don't have rights just for who they are they don't have value you know what it is they have they have value because of their capacities and one of the capacities they judge people by is their intellectual capacity, or their capacity for moral judgment. But you know what happens when you evaluate people's worth by their capacities? People who don't have those capacities, like infants, or unborn children, or old and senile people who can't think straight anymore, or disabled people, they don't have value because they don't have those capacities. See, if you don't have the image of God, you've got to base human worth on something. And whatever that is, you can't, you can't include the whole human race. The biblical teaching is every human being is created in the image of God. We are more significant than animals. We're in the image of God. And so every person has worth. In Genesis 9, God said, If any man kills another man, that man's blood shall come upon his own head. Why? Because God created man in his image. God cares for every single person, whether they are Christian or not, because they are created in his image. And so, us as Christians, us as a church here at New Philly, freedom is not just for us as Christians. Freedom is for everyone who is created in God's image. You guys understand? You guys following? So whether they come to church or not, here at New Philly, we care about people who are being oppressed. You know, one of the most tragic things that we see in the world today is the tragedy of human trafficking. Especially sex trafficking, but human trafficking in general. Where people are taken against their will, sold off as slaves to do things like prostitution that they don't want to do. Human trafficking is a huge problem. And we here at New Philly, because this is our core value, that freedom is for everyone. We pray and we fight against human trafficking. Because freedom is for everyone. Here at New Philly, we care about North Korea. North Korea, one of the darkest nations, if not the darkest nation in the entire world, where millions of people are being murdered, killed, oppressed under this demonic regime. He is not treating people as they deserve to be treated. And we pray for North Korea. We pray for North Korea's freedom. We pray for the people of North Korea. We pray that God will do his work in North Korea. We have a vision at New Philly that we would even, many of us, will go into North Korea once it opens up and do ministry there, to establish churches there, to establish orphanages, to establish schools, to establish businesses, to do all these things. Why do we care so much about North Korea? Because freedom is for everyone. Everyone who is created in God's image. They have worth. They have value. Because God cares for them, he has called us to care for them. And so freedom is for everyone. It's for you. It's for your neighbor. But it's also for all who are created in the image of God. Core value number two, freedom is for everyone. He wants to set you free. We are called to be a church that is a mighty army, mighty warriors, and he wants you to set others free. And he wants our church to set the captives free throughout the world. Right, The causes that God has laid upon our heart we, if you come to our prayer meetings, if you, if you talk to different people and the different passions that God has placed on different people's hearts, to see social justice throughout this world, God has called us to that, All right? So this is, this is what we see, All right? This is our second core value. We value this here at New Philly, All right. So let's live this out together, Amen.